All right, guys, lots to talk about on a big episode of the Nordies podcast. The biggest trade in Timberwolves franchise history is Rudy Gobert joined the cause. The Wild make a big trade and much more. Here we go. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Uh, very well. I'm doing all right. How are you? It's a wild week in Minnesota sports, and I can't wait to talk about it. But yes. before we do that, everyone needs to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Hopefully, you're driving to or from a cabin, a friend's house, family's house, or just getting something done for the long 4th of July weekend. When you're listening to this, we're going to try to break down some big trades that are happening in Minnesota sports. So lots of things to talk about with that. Um, but before we do that, like I said, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from. You get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Sweet. Shoot me a DM on the gram. I'll say hi. It'll be great. Do that. All right, uh, guys, what are you drinking tonight? All right, I am drinking Freedom Juice, a.k.a. American Pills from Lupulin. It's all star-spangled out. Um, It's kind of a silly-looking can. American-style Pilsner. It is actually very good. Not a huge surprise. What is a spangle, by the way? Spangled. Star-spangled. Spangled, you know, here and there. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh... (laughs) In honor of one of my favorite 4th of July, I got a beer from Venn Brewing in South Minneapolis. Uh, an American Pale Ale called You're Killing Me, Smalls. Oh, I like that. And that is the Sandlot. This is a really good beer. Uh, I don't really like buying Crowlers anymore, but I couldn't resist uh, with the name. So it's a pretty solid beer. I'm having Loud Bits, the double dry hop dip up from uh, Blackstone. All right. Nice. Beautiful. Let's go. All right, guys. Lots to talk about. First thing we need to talk about is a big trade. That happened, and it's not the one you guys are thinking of, probably. It's your Minnesota Wild. They traded, I'm going to say star forward, Kevin Fiala, even though he's very frustrating whenever the playoffs seem to come around. But he did have the second most points in a regular season of a Minnesota Wild player ever last year with an 85-point season. Um, They traded him and his expiring contract uh, in what ends up being pretty much a sign-and-trade with the LA Kings for the 19th pick in the draft and Minnesota Gopher captain Maple Grove native Brock Faber, which I do think is pretty exciting. He is like a right shot defenseman, um, top 10 defensive prospect in, in hockey right now, uh, played on Team USA. And like I said, captain of the Gophers was the defensive player of the year in the Big Ten this year. And it's cool. I, I think like being in the state of hockey, it is um, important that we have some Minnesotans on the team. So I think it was kind of a cool trade. What a name. What's his name? Rock? Brock. What? Brock Favor. Brock Favor? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was Rock, which was cooler, but Brock is still cool. Change it. Uh, I think this is a really shrewd move by Garen to get pick and a guy and a player for someone that everyone in the league who's even remotely paying attention knew we needed to trade. So the leverage, I guess I guess we could have traded Dumba or maybe somebody else, but everyone all all signs pointed to Kevin Fiala being the guy. Mm-hmm. So the Wild had very little leverage to be able to recoup uh, a pick and a decent asset like what looks to be like a decently promising asset, uh, who knows, you know, but seems like a pretty decent player not top like like eric said he's a top 10 defensive prospect he could make a leap and go top five he could sag back a little bit i don't i don't know you have no idea how that's going to turn out 
but I think it's a pretty good move. He, Don't I hate. think people mm-hmm. think he projects as like um, not a super high ceiling, but a very high floor NHL player. Like I heard that he seems like a pretty guaranteed top four defenseman. So will Sick. play big minutes, will be a reliable player, probably will never be a superstar, but looks like he's pretty pretty much like everyone expects he'll be a really solid NHL player. So a good Great. even better. A good starting player who plays good minutes for you and is a hometown kid and a first round pick. That gives us four first round picks and or four picks in the top fifty six in the upcoming draft here. So oh boy, we're gonna need if it. you're gonna be in salary cap hell, uh, yeah. you need to be able to be young and have young players, and we have some pretty good young guys right now. So um, I like it. I thought it was a good move for both teams. I saw ESPN gave both teams a B plus for the trade. So okay, that seems like a pretty good deal. And you know, Fiala's happy. I guess I don't know how competitive the Kings are gonna be in the West, but. Who really cares? Yeah, no, he got like $8 million a year, and we were never going to be able to afford him. So for a player, we were, like uh, Bill Guerin said, we were going to have to trade three players to just to re-sign Fiala. And he's like, it just oh, wasn't wow. going to happen. So <laughs> he was a player we couldn't re-sign, and we still got a first-round pick and a top 40 prospect. There you go. Hockey is hockey is 10 months long out of the year and and our cap situation and the nhl's salary like the money in general is so dire that they're like listen guys we can't afford a an nhl star at eight million a year (laughs) crazy we're too rich for my like the nba yeah the nba's throwing throwing around like 40 million a year contracts right So there was some kind of bad news in hockey this week, too. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, So a player by the name of Ivan Fedotov, a goalie who signed an entry-level deal with the Flyers uh, in May, 25-year-old, was back in Russia visiting family during the summer and was taken into custody in St. Petersburg months after he signed an entry-level deal with the Flyers. Um, They are saying that he... Um, didn't enlist in the military and then was instantly brought to a Russian military registration enlistment office um, and was forced to enlist in the military. And um, some people think he was poisoned as well. Um, he was like taken away in a in an ambulance and he was like complaining he was really sick and like it looked like he had been poisoned. There's like pictures. Yeah, the Russians love to poison people. Yeah, that's their thing. That's well, good. Yeah, that's it would thing. be really a bummer here um, if there was a big problem. I, I know that this sounds insensitive talking about how much of a bummer hockey player stuff is when there's an active war going on, but mm-hmm. it would be a bummer for all these NHL guys, including some Minnesota wild players who are in Russia, including Kaprizov. And probably more importantly than even that, um, some of our younger guys who are probably in a similar boat to this guy who, who knows if they'll be allowed to leave Russia mm-hmm. when they're trying to get back for hockey. So I don't think it's great to be relying on Russian players who traveled home uh, this summer. Yeah. So what are the chances that they say, all right, I don't care what kind of star you are, Kaprizov. Um, you got you to serve your military. Putin, You're going to Ukraine. Putin has way too big of an ego to let his superstar athletes not be superstar athletes representing Russia around the globe. So yeah. Kaprizov is a big issue, but there are some wild prospects, a couple of them who I can imagine might not make it back to the wild ever. So uh, definitely a story to watch and hopefully Fedotov is okay. Um, it's a bummer that his career is going to turn out like this um, when he just signed with the NHL for the first time. So not yeah. he is dude is crazy. Six, seven. The goalie. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy tall for a goal, a goaltender. All right, guys. So let's move on. Um, the Big Ten becomes even more of a super conference. I think that college sports are really stupid. 
And I know I'm in the minority. I know everyone thinks, oh my gosh, the college kids play for the name on the front and not the name on the back. And they play so hard and <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm like, no, they, like, stop it. Now with this new NIL stuff, there's a, a four-star quarterback who just got a $10 million deal to go to Miami. Like, it is done. It, it is toast. The NCAA is more corrupt than it was before, and it was pretty corrupt before. And now there is two super conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten. The Big Ten used to be like the Midwest. Yeah. Now it spans from Maryland to L.A. <laughs> yeah. As UCLA, Dude, we're, all, we're all over the place. UCLA Don't worry about and, U, and uh, USC joined the Big Ten. I think it makes it 16 teams now. Uh, my only worry about this is that they're going to like group that us into small groups or something. And that our group is going to be like, us, Nebraska, UCLA, and, and um, USC. Yeah. I think I think the greater worry would be promotion and relegation. Don't care about that. And you don't, I mean, the Gophers would be in the second tier in perpetuity. I don't think so. Probably. I mean, in, in No, I just mean in the, in the larger NCAA. But let's not, anyway, keep going with I just point. think that, like, what's always frustrating to me about sports is that there is such a, um, you know, and I'm sure a population map of the U.S. would show the same thing. There's so, you know, many more people living in the East, or it's so much more concentrated that the we're kind of like the edge of, of you know, the Eastern side of the country. And so mm-hmm. I feel like we constantly get thrown into West things. And we're like smack dab in the center of the country. And right. so, like, if you remember in hockey when it was the COVID thing and we had to play like L.A., San Jose... Phoenix, Dallas, Anaheim, Anaheim. And it was like, what the hell? Like, that's garbage. We're not by any of those. And for whatever reason, like, we miss out on a lot of fun rivalries in sports because of that. And so I guess that's Mm -hmm. my only concern is that we're going to lose some of the rivalries maybe with Wisconsin and Iowa and teams that we play every year. So that's my only real worry. Yeah. I mean, these conferences, they're dead. There's only two conferences now. Uh, 32 of the top, like, 40 teams play in two different conferences. Yeah, and it's the the whole notion of like the Power Five, that's gone. Dead. The power it's Power Two. Yeah. Power Two and, and Notre Dame. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, because they have like a 13-year th- a deal with like the ACC or something. I mean, they have some like ridiculous contract. And um, then the ACC is anyway, losing I, two of their teams too, right? I think so. The, I think the, the only positive for like, let's just speak for the Gophers here, is that maybe the TV money is a little bit more lucrative for the program. Um, I don't think the Gophers ever have a real shot of a national title, but we're at least in one of the groups that has the most legitimate shot. Um, maybe there's one year in the next 50 we get to play in the, in the playoff. That's, you know, all the stars align. But yeah, um, at least we're not in the Big 12. At least we're not in the Pac-10. And at least we're not in the AC. So it could be worse. Okay. You, could be, you could be the Cal Golden Bears right now going, who the hell are we going to play? Um, and there's rumors that like, there's rumors that like Cal might just shut football down. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You well, guys just apply to the Big 10. We'll take them. We take everybody. Yeah, Oregon will eventually all comers. Yeah. They don't even I have don't... to be an American team. We're expanding to Europe. You didn't know that. <laughs> I said that like my like I said this before. If I was running the NCAA, first off, I'd be really corrupt. You'd have to be really corrupt to be running something so corrupt. I don't think there's any other option, Eric. Than to well, what curious. I would do is I would make a north, south, east, west, and I would have 32 teams in each of them based on geography. And yeah, I'd like throw an X through the country for the most part. Yeah, basically. I'd have 32 yep. teams, and then the top 16 teams would be competing in the top half and the bottom 16 in the bottom half. And we'd be in a division with, like, Akron and Northern Illinois, but we'd also be in a division with, you know, Michigan and Wisconsin and Nebraska and 
Iowa. Yeah, like yeah. like you'd have big and small schools, and so the the discrepancy between one and thirty two in the north would be vast. But that's okay because they're not playing each other unless they get up. So there is some relegation. And then it just is a natural 16-team tournament all the way down, even in football, every single time. Boom, 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 boom. Every sport is just 64-team tournaments all the way into the finals. And then the Final Four has the North team, South, East, and West team every time. Mm, that sounds great. I love that. Eric, that's w- that's way too simple. Then you can't get Greece. Yeah. yeah. Like you're not, there's you're no room for greasing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, there's no there's no under the table deals going Everyone on. Everyone would be like, "Well, that's not fair because LSU would be like a four seed, and then they'd have to play Alabama in the Sweet Sixteen. And I'd be like, "What's not fair is that any kid can get his homework done for him at LSU, and kids actually have to get into Michigan." Like, <laughs> don't talk to me about that. Not fair, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, maybe maybe um, Iowa isn't providing the same level of prostitutes and escorts to their high school kids on their visits, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Like, it's all sketchy. So uh, it just, they, they could simplify it and make it something better. So I don't know. I don't really care. The Gophers haven't won anything of importance in my life, and I don't expect them to win anything of importance in my life. And big close couple times, but that's about it. Every time that they get good, I just want to remind everyone, lifelong Gopher fan. Oh, you you jump on. Lifelong right. Gopher fan. Always been, always will be. Nobody, nobody nobody, can jump on a bandwagon like Eric Burgess. Oh, I love it's 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 your favorite thing to I do. I love a good bandwagon. Um, like, <laughs> when we beat Penn State at home in football a couple of years ago, and we were ranked like eighth or something in the country, I was the biggest Gopher fan on earth at that point. Um, you knew every player on the team. And then I think yeah. two weeks later, I watched them lose to Iowa, and I said, this is why I don't like the Gophers. This is why I don't pay <laughs> Yeah. You're like, college football is stupid. And what's funny is, I could... I can tell by the level of interest in the group chat messages from you specifically, Eric, where you're at on the bandwagon. <laughs> like, if you like, hey, go for hockey, 7.30 tonight. Yeah. Like, it's an important game, and Eric's on the bandwagon. Yes. And if it's crickets, then you know he hasn't watched a game in two Absolutely. months. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Uh, next up, we have Justin Jefferson. He was on the NFL podcast on The Ringer, and they were had him ranking the top 10 receivers in football. He put himself at number one. For this coming year, right? Like, what does he think is going to happen this year? I love it. I don't think it's a bad bet at all. I think that he is the best receiver. Woo! I'm I'm serious. I do. I love it. He's the best. Think about about the numbers he put up last season where there was a stretch where he had six targets in two games. Yeah, he also has the most receiving yards in the history of the NFL for a guy through his first two seasons. And he's 1,200 yards away from having the most yards in the first three seasons of a guy's. He is a phenom future Hall of Fame player if he doesn't, like, wreck his legs and his skinny legs. Well, luckily, gonna... luckily he's got yes. your legs. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he, he... You cannot talk about his legs without that coming up. He also, um, like, if I had to... If I couldn't take a quarterback, so if like quarterbacks were distributed to teams, or they got to keep their quarterback, and then there was a draft of every player in the NFL, and I had the first pick, I would think pretty long and hard about two players to take with that first pick. Donald, can I guess the yeah. other one? Can I guess the yeah. other one? Jamar Chase. Yep. It would be those two. Yeah, Jefferson and Chase, two guys I would go the hardest at. I I would think I'd pick Jefferson, but Chase is is right there too. I mean, the two. Of them, that, I mean, I don't know if you can go wrong with either one well, of them. They're at both that, like I mean, at that point, twenty-one years old and like maybe the two best receivers in football this year. So 
Um, I just think that they're at such a premium position, and I think Jefferson is, I think he's the best player in Minnesota. Let me ask you this then, and not to get too long on, on too long winded on this. Where would you rank Joe Burrow against Cousins? Um, I know that everyone loves Joe Burrow so much, and that everyone is gonna like instantly say he's way, way, way ahead of Cousins. Um, Burrow is probably like if I'm not like really, really going mid through and making a list, he's probably like the seventh best quarterback in football, and Cousins okay. is probably like eleven. 13, 14. Oh, okay. Yeah, 12 maybe. Okay. Like, he's a little better, but not mm-hmm. like, not at, as of yet. But he he's also on the ascension, and he was coming off of a bad knee injury. So he should yeah. Yeah. He might be significantly better this year. You know, I do think it's interesting that uh, Jefferson would say that with that kind of confidence, because if he thought that, you know, the new coaching situation was going to be sketchy or that Cousins was not going to be able to get him the ball, he probably wouldn't say that. Um, so him, you know, being part of the team every day, he feels like, dude, we're going to fucking bomb it to him. I mean, he must. If he's saying he's going to do the best numbers in the league. I think he knows that um, with a lesser coaching staff, he was putting up some of the best numbers on earth. Yeah. And I think he <clears throat> probably knows that this coaching staff is really good at getting him the ball. He even made a comment his, like, his... we used to be a running team and now we're not or something. Yep. Yeah. What did what did the Rams do in the Super Bowl when they couldn't do shit on offense? They were like, okay, we're gonna throw it to Cooper Cup every time because <laughs> uh, nobody can cover him, and so we're just gonna we're just gonna target him sixteen times in a row. And they fucking he did it, the and they just marched down the field. He was in line. Yeah. He was like playing like an inline tight end. He was in the backfield. He was in motion. He was in the slot. He was out wide. I think they're just gonna get really creative on getting Jefferson the ball. Well, That's put him fun. in the spot where he's going to be open the most, and not fucking Clint Kubiak, who's like, nope, you're the X, you're on the line every time, get out there. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Um, all right, let's move on to some soccer talk. We love soccer. We've been talking a lot of rumors, but this is going to be just a piece of news. The Adidas World Cup ball, the official ball of the World Cup, is going to have offsides tracking technology. So they're hoping to do away with a lot of these long, stupid, sketchy reviews where i think the worst part about all of the var reviews is that they're looking for something wrong not looking to why it's right or to confirm things you know like you've multiple teams i'm sure all of our teams and all other teams have had these like five minute long reviews where they're trying to find a reason why it's not okay Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a problem. So, and they usually can find something. They can find an elbow, or yeah. you know, well, Jimbo, do you want to find something? Because you could tell when they want to yeah. find something. Yeah. And there are other times where they're like, ah, checks over. Yeah. Like, wait, that was six seconds. Yeah. How did they check that? Um, yeah. So they are going to use this technology. Hopefully, it will make for um, some smoother big plays and goals uh, in the World Cup. Yeah, I think if they. I, I like how they, they let plays play out when when it's a potential for an offside and the referee does not call it and then lets the play finish. And then hopefully, if he does throw the flag up, the technology can take like 10 seconds to check and be like, yep, confirmed, mm-hmm. you know, or no, he was onside, you know, assuming they score. So as, as long as it, we don't have to watch the red and blue lines being drawn on TV, <laughs> um, I think, I also think the World Cup is a great place to test this. Uh, low stakes. Uh, nobody really cares, you know, all <laughs> over the world. Um, it's just, it's a perfect opportunity to test new technology to do something that nobody brand knows new. how it's going to work. Yeah. Um, yeah, this no, won't piss anybody off for sure. The only thing that's going to piss everybody off is the no sex rule uh, for the World Cup. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No sex. Well, no same sex gay. relationships. No, no, no. Non-marital, extramarital relationship. Oh, yeah. you can't even hook yeah, up. No. 
Or and if and if you get caught, you are subject to their same laws, which is like I don't know, they chop your hands off or something, no, and put them in a wicker basket. I don't know, but seven years. Um, it's not good. Yeah, like years in prison. Yeah. So it's not it's something weird is going to happen for sure to somebody that doesn't deserve it. Yeah. So good thing that that's where FIFA decided to put the World Cup. That seems like a good choice. Uh, yeah. Speaking of a co- corrupt institution. Yeah. yeah. And you know, uh, it's just good because uh, it's just going to give Team USA a chance to see. To, to have a test run of like 2032 USA. <laughs> the Supreme Court, you see like Clarence Thomas, they were like, yeah. oh, I like what this guy's doing over here. Gaze. Oh, yeah, 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 we could do that. Seven years in prison, let's make it 14. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah. he's taking notes like fucking Kramer and Seinfeld. All right, uh, let's move on <laughs> to the end. Dude, I thought you had a. I thought that was a Seinfeld reference, but I was like, I don't know if Jimbo watched enough Seinfeld, <laughs> but was. that was it. Because I was he like, trying to take faster showers. <laughs> Yeah, so he was in the men's shower at the gym, taking notes, yeah. watching other shower. Anyway, sorry, Eric, I apologize. Jimbo, I've never heard Jimbo in four years make a Seinfeld reference, and I was... It was a pretty was weak one, too. You had to really be tuned in to, to pick that up, so thank you. All right, guys, so it's time for us to talk about the NBA. So, officially, the Nets are done. Um, never has a yeah. super team imploded <laughs> in even the vicinity of this. What was your favorite super team moment? Was it KD's toe on the line? I think it had to be because that's the only time they looked good. Um, has a super team ever even been in the vicinity of this much of a disaster? Um, no. Yeah, the Nets kind of fucked themselves over a few years ago. Remember oh, when yeah. they got like oh, KG, yeah, KG and, then they, they, and Paul Pierce, Paul Pierce, and all these old dudes, and that everybody just laughed. It sucked. Yeah, yeah that didn't go well. Oh, maybe maybe Malone and Gary Payton to the oh, Lakers, yeah. but they at least made they got the they at least made the playoffs and like did yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. This one's by no. far the worst. Like, there's just oh, not yeah. even another one that's comparable. Um, three of the best players in the league go to to you know together. They have other good pieces on the team as well. It looked like they were going to at least, at very minimal, be minimum be in the title picture for years to come. And instead, they won one playoff series. So, that's so fun. they get KD. He's injured. They rehab him while paying him like $40 million. He gets all his rehab. He's fully healthy now. He still doesn't play very much. And then he, he convinces them to get Andre Drummond for like a million, like $40 million. He's washed. He sucks. And then they convince that him them to sign um, Kyrie, which is a spectacular failure. Never plays, has all these issues with COVID. And then he leaves. Well, it's they unbelievable. Did, they did have the one good year where they lost to Giannis and the champs in game seven in double overtime. And yeah. that could have went either way. So maybe they would have won the title that year, but they didn't. And that was without Kyrie, right? And a hurt, hurt Harden? No, Harden wasn't, wasn't on the team yet. What Harden was wasn't there. I think Kyrie was there. Oh. Yeah. And so I don't it was, know. It was yeah. just, still didn't work out. Didn't work out for them. So KD wants to be traded. He made a list of his two teams. They, one of them doesn't work for sure. That's uh, the Heat. Um, so the teams that everyone's kind of talking about right now are Phoenix and Toronto as kind of the main teams. I'm really hoping for Toronto. I want him to stay in the Heat. Yeah, yeah. So Me too. Toronto would be cool. They're a pretty well-run organization. They're always ready at the drop of the hat to go get someone big. Um, I do think that Phoenix would be tough. They've made seven trade proposals, which have all instantly been shot down. So they're kind of like, really? hey, what a bunch of future draft picks and trashy players. They're like, dude, it's Kevin Durant. You can say what you want mm-hmm. about him, but he's still, at minimum, a top 10 player in the NBA. I mean, yeah, when he's he, probably top five. Yeah, I mean, he's just... And then did the... Did the Wolves upend the trade market then, too, being like, well, dude, they got four firsts for Rudy Gobert. What do you think KD's worth? I think that's been a problem. Um, So 
I think that the trade they want to make is some kind of KD for Devin Booker trade. Yeah. Is what they want to do. Um, but Phoenix is trying to say, no, why would we do that? We want KD and Devin Booker and Chris Paul and all of our best players. And so yeah. I think the hardest part about making one of these trades is like to go get a player like Kevin Durant, even though he's 33 and he's been banged up a bit, he is still a top player. He's much, much, much better than Devin Booker. You know, like mm-hmm. you're going to have to give up some big piece that you really don't want to part with to get him. And so. Right. I do think this trade is tough. Um, the other one is... I mean, if you're the net, if you're the Nets and the Suns aren't including Booker or Aiton in the deal, then it's I think it's... Right. They're like, no. No, I think that they are trying to say, we'll give you Aiton and maybe Bridges. And they're like... Oh, oh okay. Like, yep. So I think it's just tough to get that trade done. Um, another trade that could happen is a Kyrie trade. He officially opted in, but they are think he's a headache. They'd like to move on from him, it sounds like, as well. If you're not going to be good, having Kyrie on your team is a death sentence. A um, lot of talk this weekend about Kyrie to the Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, for Westbrook. Yeah, I think that trade kind of makes sense. Both of those assets are terrible. They're both yeah, in different ways. They're both in the final year of their deal. I think you're just each getting rid of a different type of headache for a different type of headache. You know, like... Yeah, yeah. And you put it, it's two different types of headaches. And then, ironically, if they can't trade Kevin Durant, Westbrook and Durant end up on the same team together so, 10 years ago. My prediction for what here's what Kyrie does when he gets to LA he's he spends one week in LA, he goes, I don't like this excessive, sinful lifestyle. I'm going to switch to Ooh. only all natural fiber clothing, and I'm going to protest the city. And the people in it, because I don't like how they how they are they're superficial, and now I won't play again. Or what do you guys think? What's what's his next you know sticking point where he's gonna try to look like he's smarter and and more holy than everyone else? I think on some kind of stance that, where he ends up whatever it is, we know it's gonna lead to him not playing basketball. I kind of think that that's his defense mechanism for dating as a good. Like, mm, yeah. I think that he has gotten significantly worse over the last five years, to where his reputation supersedes all ability by. A, significant amount and yeah I, yeah i mean he peaked it he peaked in cleveland yeah. with lebron in the title and it's been kind of downhill slowly since. i think that there's a decent chance he ends up on <laughs> i'm being dead serious i'm being dead serious are you saying so is in that option is it delo mm-hmm. is gone and Kyrie mm-hmm. is in both of them in the last year of their deal delo for Kyrie. delo returns that's, back to brooklyn that's a deal we take all day and they they, they wouldn't take do. no i think they do too <laughs> Well, if they're blowing it I up, if they're, get, if they're going to trade KD. We don't have any more and, picks to yeah. give them. I know that. He was, he, they don't have any picks either. Um, yeah. they, their fans like D'Lo. He was an all-star there a few ago. And yeah. they got rid of him so that they could bring in Kyrie and Durant. I don't know, man. It just seems like it's going to happen. Kyrie. I would, I don't, dude, I would, I would just Kyrie. buckle up and just enjoy it. Because yeah. I'd I would expect that. him not to play a single game. I'd that say, would be my expectation. And then go from there. I'd say, you know what, guys? I have never seen the Earth from outer space. How do we know? (laughs) (laughs) How do we know for sure? All right, so lots of people got big deals this week. Uh, Jokic uh, got the biggest deal in NBA history. Um, I mean, he's very deserving of that. The two-time MVP. One of the, I'm going to say, one of the best players on Earth with Giannis sure. at this point. Sure. Yeah. Um, gets a massive deal. Carl Towns gets slightly less than him, but also a massive deal. Um, he gets the same as Booker. And at the same day, and a kind of a cool tidbit there is that the first female um, sports rep agent to secure a, uh, like a Supermax deal uh, was this this woman, and she did two in the same day. So she's kind of a badass. She had a good day. She had a very fucking well, good day. Her, her like, great-grandkids are going to remember this day. Yeah. 
Well, like, I also think she's like, hey, um, the Sarver, he still own the, the Sun? Like, Sun's owner, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and send over the Supermax contract. Um, we're gonna, just gonna expect it to be signed on the first day. Right. So, you guys, fax it back whenever you got yep. it. Uh, but, you know, uh, that's it. I'm sending it over. Like, I mean, there's, there, it's Carl Anthony Towns and Devin Booker. Right. There's not a lot to do. There's not a lot of negotiation there. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe her biggest feat has been keeping those guys with their heads on right, you know, managing their their lives, making sure they're still able to get better and play better. She's probably earned it in other ways. But, yeah, I think that at least probably for Booker, it was like just an expectation. Um, For Towns, I don't know if they had any conversations on it. I Probably not. Not really. I think it's a pretty, you know, cut and dry deal, right? Well, you can make a lot more money if you sign with your team that you're drafted by or a team that you're already playing on. And so Mm -hmm. there is a reward for staying. So I imagine that Towns has already made up his mind. He's locked up for six years, but I imagine in his mind, he's probably going to reevaluate in about three years. Right. Well, and that's what I was going to say. I don't think, I think if Connolly didn't come in and change things and if they didn't have a little bit of taste of the playoffs this season i don't think carl would have signed it well, i think he would have signed it because why would he leave 60 million dollars on the oh sure he might okay, have signed it and then you know, i think he would have signed the deal with the expectation yeah. that he was that this would be his last year you have to stay so many months after you yeah. sign your max and then he would have been like give me the hell out of here i think he. We, but how do we know that isn't happening now um he's happy for the time being yeah i think so too but i mean yeah. that could still literally be happening we just yeah. wouldn't know it he's happy for the for the short term um mm-hmm. So he's happy because the Wolves are really going for it, and that's because they made the biggest trade in franchise history, trading pretty much everything that they had to trade um, for Rudy Gobert. So the, the Stifle Tower, the, this the leading is Frenchman. a massive deal for for the Wolves. It's also a controversial deal, as pretty much every person that's not a Timberwolves fan thinks that this was a disaster. No, I don't. I haven't heard that. I've just heard that like they gave, we ESPN gave up too much. Us, that's what they ESPN gave us a D minus. <laughs> oh, a God. D minus. I, I mean, I have not heard one single analyst or read one article that was positive. Now, okay. do I think that we gave up way too much in this trade? Yes, I do. Do mm-hmm. I like Rudy Gobert? Not really. I'm not saying as a person. I mean as a basketball player. I don't really like Rudy Gobert as a player. Do I think that we should have done this trade? Absolutely. Hell, yes, we should do this trade. I am excited about it, even though I know that there's probably a greater chance that this is a disaster than it is a success. I still think we have been the biggest laughingstock in pro sports forever. We are the worst team of all time in like pro men's pro sports history. And the fact of the matter is, we're going to be pretty damn good this year. And we made a big deal, and we have one of the best rosters in the game. And if we end up being bad... Oh no! It's not like we're not all used to the Timberwolves being bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it will be like back to life as normal. Like exactly. I yeah. Well, what do we have to lose? Nothing. So that we did lose a lot. We lost um, a 2023 okay, well. unprotected first round pick, a 2025 unprotected first round pick, a 2026 under unprotected pick swap, a 2027 unprotected first round pick and a 2029 top five protected first round pick. Those last two could be harmed, to be honest. They might really <laughs> yeah. um, We also gave up Pat Beverly, Malik Beasley, Leandro Balmero, Walker Kessler, who was a first round pick this year, and Jared Vander. Yeah, it's a bit of a haul. Um, you know, we like Pat Bev, obviously. Um, 
Vando's the don't care about Romero. Don't care about Beasley. I'm actually happy to be you know free of Beasley. Um, Kessler is whatever. Rookie. Kessler, we don't know. We just don't know. We you know we got him for shot blocking, and we don't need that now because we have like one of the best shot blockers in the league. And then um, Vanderbilt hurts a little bit, but yeah, he was a little bit one dimensional, but had potential. We gave up a lot. We gave up. The players don't really bother me. If you would have told me any one of those yeah. players wasn't back this year, I wouldn't have been up. To be honest with you. There just isn't that much that we lost player-wise. It's just some of those later unprotected picks could stink. So I did listen to the podcast with Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo, and they made me feel worse this deal, okay? They hated this deal so much. And they had a lot. We overpaid. We overpaid. Yep, yep, yep. All that stuff makes sense to me. I'm okay with the overpay, like I said. The one thing that they said that did kind of bother me was that they said, we love Anthony Edwards. We think Anthony Edwards is a big, big, big deal. He's like 20 years old. They were like, you have wrapped up everything into the next three years, and Anthony Edwards won't even be in his prime at that point. And they were kind of like, they probably should be making moves to set the team up to be as loaded as possible for Anthony Edwards from the time he's 23 to the time he's 28. And instead, they loaded up from the time he's 20 to the time he's 23. And they were just like, I hope mm-hmm. it doesn't blow up in their face. And I kind of agree with that. I do. But the, the other the other that. part, in, this, in the same vein, the other part that they were talking about at that same time that hurt a lot more, hurt a lot more than I thought it was going to, was when they're like, you're going to have $90 million on the floor between Towns and Gobert, and you're not sure that either one of them can score late in playoff games. Yeah. And that's a that I was like, okay. I think one, I God think damn 20, it. They're totally right. In too. 2025 and 2026 will be Rudy Gobert's last year of his deal. He'll be making $47 million, and Towns will be making $53 million for a total of $100 million. So $100 yeah. million, dollars, yes. Yeah, so I understand. two of them. That's a lot of money. Um, as long as they're willing to go way over the luxury tax, I guess so be it. Um, I I think this was a big, big, big risk from the Timberwolves. Yeah. Like a big risk. Like it really might fuck us over. But I just think how many times have we even been in a position to take the big risk? Never. Yeah. I think it's great. I think, you know, here's what you got to do. You got to open the window. And that's what we've done. And maybe we opened it too early. Maybe we should have. But guess what? Timberwolves fans are sick of fucking waiting. We've never even had a, we had one window one time. And then Marbury got pissy and left and then closed. Like that was it. Well, we were we were always sellers. Always sellers. We're always always, selling, always sellers. trying to rebuild. Yeah. And it's like, dude, this time we went for it. Um, if we're bad in a few years, I'm still going to watch the games. Whatever, we'll we'll figure it out. We could always like you know trade these assets that we have. Um, towns, we can trade them. We can get picks back. Um, we that's, have big assets that we can rebuild with. Better. It's like in in three years, if this is a disaster, you trade Gobert. Maybe you get you know twenty five cents on the dollar of what you got. You traded for him, but. Maybe you get a first-round pick and an okay young player. And then yeah. you trade Towns and you get four first-round picks and a good player and a young player. You know, like, you could get these assets that we've traded back and then yeah. still have a time to build around 25-year-old Anthony Edwards if he's still there. Yep. Like, I, I, I think that in the NBA, you just sometimes you have to just go for it. And the teams that have been, like, building and building and building in the process and draft picks and assets and draft picks and assets – and trading away all your good players to get more draft picks and assets. It's just mm-hmm. like, have any of those teams ever been proven right? Like, Philadelphia has been the one seed a few times, but have they ever gone to deep in the playoffs? I don't even think they've been to a conference championship. Not even with, not even with Butler. No. Like, right. 
they've always blown blown it in the second round of the playoffs. And it's just like they Whereas have the team like make a big move and they get Butler and then they now, you know, they kind of go open a window for a few years and now they're knocking on the door. So Yeah, and the Heat the Heat are like the gold standard for running an NBA franchise. Yeah. So I just I just think that like I risk in sports makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know if I was the GM of the team if I would have had the balls, to be honest. With yeah. You. Well, here, Eric, the perfect example is, like, look at the Twins. Like, the Twins value their prospects, their draft picks, and their assets like nobody other. Right? Or like no other team. Yeah. Um, maybe not no team, but at least locally. Like, we, we're so protective of these picks and these uh, these guys, these minor league. Oh, we can't trade away the minor leaguers because then who's going to play the ball games on Thursday, Dad? <laughs> you know, and I think for once we had a team that not named the Vikings with the Herschel Walker deal because that's the easy, lazy comparison, I think. Um, to go out... And go get a guy that you think is going to make an immediate impact, mm-hmm. um, was gettable, and there's always that weird like chemistry thing in the NBA, and maybe it works. And all of a sudden, we're a top four team in the West mm-hmm. when the Lakers are down and are dealing with like a fork in the back, Russell Westbrook and LeBron on his probably last two laps around the sun uh, in the NBA. So the Utah Jazz are you know not imploding, but they're you know, kind of getting rid of some assets. Mitchell's probably next. And so really the competition is there for the taking. So go out, get the guy that you think is going to be the best. It's going to make the team the best version of itself that it could be. And let's go. Like, I don't care about all that. Let's just go. Let's, we're doing something. All right. Look, if a couple people make the jump now, Towns keeps getting a little better each year. Ant should get better. He, he's young. He's on an amazing upward track. And then you got Noel. Um, he was awesome. He's going to get better. And then everybody thinks McDaniels is going to be this big piece who's making a leap. So I don't think there's any reason why we can't be top four, top three next year. And the year after, we're a little even better. And maybe our window is opening. So I love it. I think we added the piece we needed, defensive leadership, shot blocking, rim protection. We needed that. Dude, I'm ready to go. I'm, like, very excited for this year. And we didn't even mention the two other pieces that they brought in. They brought in Kyle Anderson uh, from Memphis, who kind of gave us hell in the playoffs as a big, tough, rebounding, defensive forward. Um, they brought in Bryn Forbes, who's a young guard who shot, like, 43% on threes this last year. So they're trying to build some depth. And, like, when you are a good team, players just sign for you with you on cheap deals, and veterans will jump onto your team. And, like, yep. say we are the fifth best team or the fourth best team late in the season, at the deadline, when guys all get cut, um, then veterans just join your team at the end of the year. So it'll be like, yeah, it's it'll be like oh, man, and now um, development. Pat Bev is back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of thing that happens. Like, guys get cut. Yeah. And then it's like JaVel McGee and Pat Beverly join your team for the stretch run. You know, it's like Let's they go. might not even be the best guys, but just like good experienced players will just jump on board. And- well, like how that's how isn't that how the Celtics got Al Horford was like mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. City. Yeah, he was just benched him or sorry, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City benched him because they wanted to lose and he was really good. And so like, well, we're just not going to play you because we have no reason to. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up on waivers and ended up on the Celtics. Okay. It's possible. It's crazy. All right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have on this episode of the Northeast Podcast. Tune into our screencast. We got all kinds of good stuff. We'll talk about the Stranger Things finale and all kinds of things that you should be watching. It's been a crazy little period of television. Uh, Big movies coming out as well, so lots to check in on that. Enjoy, hopefully, some time off and some time with your family. Thanks for listening to your good friends here at the Northeast Podcast.